0: These people that say never ever quit, that is not the right approach. That is for what we're trying to do, which is to chase excellence. That is not the right approach. It's not quitting. It's taking all of the data points you have to that point and making the most strategic long-term decision that you have. What is wisdom? The ability to make the right decision now that has the most beneficial long-term effects.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Chasing Excellence. My name is Patrick Cummings, and as always, I am joined by Ben Bergeron. Every week here on the show, we dedicate some time to exploring how we can live a life of better health and increased fulfillment. We answer your questions about the five factors of health, dive deep on living a life of excellence, and explore the strategies and frameworks to help us chase what truly matters. Thank you, as always, for joining us this week. How are you, Ben? I'm doing good. Thanks, Patrick. Excellent. What do we got this week? We've got listener questions about uh, whether strength plus a Metcon is good or bad programming, dealing with the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, getting stronger without putting on weight, and more. Our workout is going to be a conversation about structuring a training plan that prioritizes function and progress, but that does not come at the cost of injury. And we're going to wrap this episode up with an answer or our answers to one of Tim Ferriss' favorite questions. Ready to rock? Let's do it. We start each of our episodes with listener questions about the five factors of health, those few fundamental behaviors that most positively affect our performance, vitality, and longevity. Those five factors are how we eat, how we move, how we think, how we connect, and how we recover. First question is always in the move category, and this one is from Don. He asks, would you consider the traditional method of one day equals one workout as watered down? Are strength sessions before the workout the next step uh, of the methodology or a deviation? Some argue that it brings down intensity as uh, as it doesn't allow you to give your best effort on the workout. And Dom doesn't say this specifically, but I think he may be at least in part referencing the fact that with Comtrain, there is three days a week, a strength plus a Metcon. Can't say that for sure, but that's that pops in my head as being maybe useful context.
0: Okay. So actually maybe that's <laughs> leads into the my belief system of of programming um is that there's um if the
1: question is but i think the question is that around strength bias programming it okay. seems he, is, that it the was next, here? is that the next is well is he yeah, saying like it,
0: is, the, is the next evolution is like... yeah
1: which may just be he wasn't here for the first evolution yeah, where that was I there and yeah. then it went to and we've talked about like metcon we've talked about the benefits of not strength bias programming, yeah. again. And okay. maybe now you've changed a little bit. So here's, um,
0: is strength plus a mecon the next evolution? I would say no. Mm-hmm. I would say um, it's already here, <laughs> um, and it fits, but it shouldn't be the always, is kind of the answer. So that's why I said like, your kind of um, prelude into the way that we believe to do this um, with the, the the general population with CompTrain is we believe that for... And again, the way that I would kind of determine that is people that are going to take class. This is like the gym goers. This is not yep. the people that are taking a class and then doing an extra 45 minutes of work, an hour of work outside of class. This is yep. uh, affiliate programming that is going to address the 80 to 85% of the people that are training with this methodology. For those people, they should be getting two to three days a week of strength plus a Mekon. And the reason I believe that is, and the other day is being a Mm Mekon. The reason I believe that is because I don't believe most people need to be training for more than an hour. And that's why CrossFit classes are an hour long a great portion of that hour should be spent warming up and instructing and getting the athletes ready for the the actual workout. So 20 minutes of the class is essentially warm up and drilling. Then you have about 10 minutes to actually get ready for the workout. That means loading up to the actual weights, very specific warm up. And then it leaves about Uh, about a half hour or so. Half hour is enough time to get in a 20, 25 minute big mech on and five minutes after to stretch or cool down or get in a heavy lift and then get in a 10 to 15 minute mech on with a little break in between. And that's the way we structure it because if you're to do one thing, what we want to do that has the greatest carryover to your overall health it's called Horsepower training or what most people see in most Metcons. Now, I don't call it just Metcons because Metcons can be programmed incorrectly. And if you're doing uh, 10 sit-ups into one kettlebell swing, I'm showing you an extreme example. One kettlebell swing at 53 pounds with a 30-second break afterwards. That's not what we're talking about. That's not horsepower training. It's considered a mechan, but that's not horsepower. Horsepower means you have you're you're at the threshold of uh cyclical capacity development. Okay, so maybe some, we're getting to some weeds here, but the idea is it's really challenging to keep going. That's what we're looking for. And if you're just doing 10 sit-ups at a time, we're not we're missing it, right? If we're doing one kettle swing at a time, we're missing it. But if you're doing Three kettlebell swings with a hundred pounds and ten GHD up. Sit- like you have to change it if you want that. If you want those movements, you just have to like change it a little bit. But the easiest thing to do is go with bigger, more powerful workouts. Okay. So pulling back the mecon that will give you the greatest carryover effect to anything else that you want to do in life. Whether it's uh, try to play in the NHL, be a better soccer dad, go to the CrossFit games or fight off decrepitude. That's why we want to be doing that five or six days a week. The next most beneficial thing to do, what I believe, is to build strength. I know that that flies in the face of gymnastics that the CrossFit methodology builds. I've seen greater carryover from building strength. So that's why we do a strength and strength only and strength focused three times a week because we want our people to be hitting that at least twice, if not three times a week, they're going to take a day off here or there, so they might miss one of those things. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to be doing strength every single day if you're a regular member because then you're going to miss some of those longer Metcons. And if you aren't going to miss them, then you're messing up the structure of your class and not delivering a very good product. That's the reason we structure it that way because I believe it's going to give the greatest carryover to the overall thing that we are calling health and performance. So kind of back into it, what is our prescription? Five or six days a week of Metcon with three days a week programmed uh, uh, strength focused lifts beforehand. Now, if, here's the thing, now if you're going to spend more time in the gym, I think you should spend that time lifting. That's where I think it should go because I think it's the next most important thing. In that case, I think you could. So now if you're going to spend more than an hour in the gym, now I think it's appropriate for you to do a lift before each Metcon.
1: Question from Tucker in our Think category. I've been an affiliate owner for almost a year, a CrossFit affiliate owner for almost over a year. I've done a lot of great things so far, like implementing an on-ramp program, put on an in-house competition, and switched up the programming to CompTrain Gym. They, uh, there are some days where I'm loving the creative process and I'm digging into the grind, and there are other days where I get a couple of member cancellations or a problem arises, and it really drags me down. When you were first uh, starting out, Ben, did you ever have similar feelings, and can you offer any advice for young entrepreneurs who are trying to build a successful business.
0: Yeah. I don't mean this in a wise or snide or sarcastic way, um, but welcome to life. Um, Welcome, particularly to entrepreneurship. If you are a cog in a machine, every day is essentially the same. Life is not like that every day is going to bring new challenges, whether known or unknown, voluntary or involuntary, there's going to be those challenges. Well, entrepreneurship mimics life a whole lot more than it does the system of a machine, which is you being, it, essentially, if if your job is to put car door handles on a car door in an assembly line, you know, which machines have essentially taken over, but like, it's just like, it's it's not you're not going to have the ups and downs you're not going to have the roller coaster that is that is what you're signing up for when you're creating a business it's just part of the journey so i don't say that to be wise i say it to go in with eyes wide open that this is a necessary and required aspect to what you are doing which is beautiful cuz it also gives you a chance to train Entrepreneurship now is a fact is a way for you to train. Another way for you to get better at handling hard, and that's what this is. We're all trying to just get better at handling hard. And the way we do that is by working out. Some of us do it by meditating. Some of us do it uh, by having high levels of self awareness. Another way to do that is to actually sign up for hard, which is let's start a business. Now here's where it becomes even more challenging is when you're passionate about this and it means a lot to you and the more it means to you the more heartache is going to be involved if you're dispassionate and a member leaves no big deal like whatever like you're not it's not your thing like meaning you're actually a firefighter and that's what you were born to do and you believe that that's your actual passion but you opened up this gym in your garage because it's a nice way for you to kind of like just share your open space and get some people to walk in and do this thing well if a member leaves it's no big deal but this is the thing that you felt like you were put on earth to do is to help people become the best version of themselves through this training platform and in this gym environment if someone leaves it, it can tear you up that 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 hurts a lot that's not wrong we just have to understand how not to let it destroy us and like everything, this too shall pass and we need to learn to let it go. There are going to be ripples in this pond of life. And what we need to understand is that when the ripples happen, so there are going to be pebbles thrown in. A member leaves, a um, employee leaves, an employee doesn't meet your expectations. Um, there's a, a, the toilet explodes and it's flooded. You, uh, a competitor opens up next door. Those Pebbles, sometimes rocks, sometimes big ripples are going to happen. If you try to calm the ripples down actively, you're going to make more ripples. The best thing to do is to understand this is a part of the process. Let the ripples settle and realize that in a on a long enough timeline, this isn't going to be very. Determining of determinant of your overall success, unless you jump in the pond and try to like clean up the, the mess. That's what actually yep. causes the
1: mess. I think you know, one thing that our thought that popped from Matt as you're saying that, and we've talked about this similar reframe in other areas, but if you really think about it, the uncertainty and the little bit of heartache and the hard the hard stuff is the price we pay for the life we want. It's the price we pay for agency, for freedom, for that the creative uh, feelings that that he said he has. It's not that they're a bug. It's that they are one and the same. It's the same coin. You don't get one without the other. And if you don't want the hard stuff, well, then you can't expect the good stuff as well. And that's kind of what goes back to if you're a cog, if you have a job and the, that job is e- like this is what I do, and this is how I do it, and this is what's expected of me. Cool. What you're saying is, I'd I'd like to trade certainty for creativity or agency. Again, neither's wrong. Some people thrive in one versus the other, but where we run into trouble is where we want the benefits of one—the certainty and the calmness and the uh, and you know the 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 not taking things personally—where we want that, and also the autonomy and the freedom and all the other stuff that comes with it. That's where we run into trouble is wanting only the good from both sides of the, from both sides of the, or both situations.
0: So well said, but
1: can't we have both?
0: Like that's what most of us really, I mean, that's, yeah, that really is the way most of us are navigating life is we Mm -hmm. want everything to line up with our expectations. And when they don't line up with our expectations, we get our panties in a bunch. Yep.
1: All right. We're going to move on. Eat question from Steph. She says, I'm a petite female. When I started CrossFit five years ago, I was just over hundred pounds. I've put on about 30 pounds of muscle. And although I have come to love my new body shape and muscles, I would like to continue to get stronger, but not get any bigger. I tried cutting calories and protein intake, but that only made my Metcom performance worse and made my overall strength weaker without changing my size. Any recommendations?
0: Yes. Train above 90% uh, for one rep.
1: Train above 90% for one rep. Okay. I- expand a little bit on that.
0: What you'll be creating is a neurological adaptation more than a muscular adaptation. So um you will not be doing enough volume to add significant. It's the reason that Olympic lifters are not as big as bodybuilders. Yep. yep. Is that they're they're as strong, they're stronger, but they um they're not training for hypertrophy. They're training for the purpose of lifting more weights. Most, I'm not gonna say it, most Olympic lifters rarely go above three reps. If they're doing some sort of accessory, maybe they'll do threes, maybe for some squats, but they're they'll do some fives, some eights. Yeah. But their life is lived in singles, doubles, and triples. If you want to get better. Now I'm not saying just like. Go empty bar, load up with 90% and go. I'm saying systematically work up with low reps to 90%, hit it and move
1: on. So glad I put that in the eat category. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay getting it wrong every now and again. All <laughs> right. Next question is in our recover bucket. I struggle to sleep more than seven hours. Routinely, after seven hours, I wake up and want to get. Uh, I wake up and want to get up. Some days, I feel like I want to get up uh, after only six hours. I have great energy all day, including enough for working out five days a week and my full time job. Should I worry about trying to increase the amount of sleep I get further? Does it make an impact from going, uh, going from seven to eight or nine? Uh, seven to eight or nine hours uh, every night, or should I just be happy with seven? There's a reason that the protocol says seven to nine hours. Mm-hmm.
0: It doesn't say seven and then eight and then nine.
1: Right. Seven. For some or people, eight, some, is peop- not some than people, seven, nine. Correct. Yeah.
0: Some people will thrive off of seven hours. You have nothing to worry about.
1: Love it. Gonna keep it short and concise there. Connect bucket from Eva. In one of your last episodes, Ben spoke about adaptability and how much it is influenced by our experiences in childhood. We've got two kids, three and four and a half. And try my hardest not to make any situation stressful and show them whatever happens, we will find a way around it. However, I found that some of my quote-unquote tricks to avoid yelling uh, cause them stress, and it happens almost always when we are in a hurry and or I am tired. For example, after I bathe them in the evening, if they goof around too much and don't get dressed, I set an alarm for a couple minutes, and if they don't make it, we lose time to read one bedtime story. It works, gets them focused, but I also notice that the older one sometimes becomes upset by it. How do I navigate not yelling, getting them to cooperate, and setting them up for success? You ask someone
0: else, and when you find out the answer, you let me know the (laughs) what you found out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. This is is like this is like this is the so here's. I think this goes back to like actually what you were saying is we're as parents we're not it's not going to be we're like we're it's not going to be perfect. Yeah, you're going to get frustrated if you're if you're tired and your kids aren't listening, like, I understand. I understand the the frustration. I understand all of that. What I would, the only level, the only even like small microcosm of a suggestion I could possibly give is probably what you're already doing, which is have awareness of it. Just understand that It might not necessarily be your kids. It's that you're tired, right? And when you're tired, this happens. And we understand that this is the cause and effect. This is when you are triggered. You under, and you bring just, you You have that like, oh, here it is. It's the same way you would change anything else. When my wife is late getting ready for, we're trying to pack and do a trip. And we said, we're leaving at 11 o'clock and now it's 1230. And now it's three o'clock and we still have it left and I start to get frustrated, that level of like, I realize I'm getting triggered helps instead of just this default programming, like this is happening. So this is when I get pissed off and I perpetuate this self story in my head. Like they don't listen. I'm going back to her now. My kids don't listen and they don't do this. It's like, no, I realize this is a thing that I do. And I can try to bring another level of patience and awareness, but it's so not easy and we're not going to be perfect like this is this is real life um and we're going to if we have 80% of the time that we are just like super in love and compassionate and connecting with our kids and there's another little bit that like hey we share us being humans with vulnerabilities and tendencies and we're we're sharing with them that but at the time, it's happening. You go, guys, listen. You you you're, you're totally transparent with them. Guys, listen. I'm exhausted. I am so tired. I am trying to be as patient as I can here, and I'm not doing a good job. Like, I need your help. I need I need you to help me because I'm not being a very good mom right now. And get on the same t- get on the same team as opposed to i think where most of us go which is frustration that bubbles you f- you feel all those same things but then you try to fix it by asking them to change and that's not going to happen you know i was i was i was at a uh, um in, in a spot yesterday and a mom uh, one of the moms was dealing with a kid that was just crying and she was trying to understand and i couldn't figure out why the i was with the, The kids started crying out of nowhere, like out of nowhere and couldn't be consoled. Um, And she's like, why are you? And it's like, she got frustrated. Why are you crying? Like, tell me what's wrong. Like, did you get hurt? Did you get stung by a bee? Did you, did someone push you? Did you get hit in the face with the ball? Like, and um, it got to the point where she, that instead of like the, um, what we just talked about, like, I'm trying to help. Can you? help me and i i'm i'm not understanding like it was like you need to calm down so we can talk and never in the history of calm downs has anyone <laughs> ever it. calmed down from being told to calm down so it's this idea of like let's not try to change them when you're in a frustrated state let's yeah. the idea is let's change you
1: but let's get them to help you change not just do it on your own i'm going to give three little tips because i'm in the I'm in the same boat almost every single night. So th- three or, things that I right, think about. Right, it's an every
0: night thing. Like, we're yeah, tired. It's an every night like, thing. Yeah. they
1: don't listen. So three things that I try to remind myself. I'm usually pretty good. I don't always succeed. One, they are going to get into bed. It just might be 10 minutes later than you'd prefer. That's okay. They will get into bed. The, the worst case scenario here is that they get to bed 10 or 15 minutes later than we'd like. That's not a big deal. The second thing is to her, her point about like setting an alarm. Uh, and it, the one thing I would change, so she was setting an alarm and if they didn't make it, they take a bedtime story away. I What we do here, what I do, I do the same thing with the alarm, except it's a, it then becomes, can the two of you get dressed before the alarm goes off? So it becomes a team effort, mm, a race. Again. Can we do this yep. together? I'm here to help you. And kids love that. And you don't need to take anything away if they don't do it because most nights they don't get it within two minutes. That's okay. They're 90% of the way there and you can help them with the rest of the way there. Success. And then the third thing is kind of my one of my only rules for myself that I again succeed usually, not always, is that no matter what's going on, I can't raise my voice. I can repeat myself till I'm blue in the face. I can I can express my frustration, but I I cannot I again, I try to not raise my voice. If I can talk it through. Good. Success. Even again, even if it's frustrated to you know, doing doing so, but if we can just give yourself that one rule of no matter what happens, no matter how tired or how frustrated, I will not yell about this because I recognize that that's to your point. That's on me. I don't need to yell. I don't want you to yell, and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna yell at you.
0: So as long as you whisper expletives, yes. f bombs, and all the rest, we're like <laughs>
1: well, I was <laughs> Listen, gonna say sometimes if effort- you if you talk Listen, quieter, you little- yeah. Sometimes if you talk quieter, they will be quiet because they're trying to listen to you. So it actually, but you know, maybe without the curse, the curse words. All right. Uh, As always, if you would like to get a question in the queue, find me on the Instagrams, drop me a DM. P.S. Cummings, we'll get it into a future episode. And thank you to everybody who does send questions in. Ben and I are going to be back in just a few minutes with a question from Jeff, all about how to design perhaps a better workout strategy. So stay tuned we are pumped to be brought to you this week by ice barrel head to icebarrel.com excellence to learn how you can get all the benefits of cold therapy at home no matter how much space you've got and save yourself 150 dollars while you do cold immersion has a ton of benefits from improved mood and brain function to reduced inflammation to improved heart rate variability and if those things don't matter to you jumping into an ice barrel every day will undoubtedly make you way cooler than you would be otherwise see what i did right there with cooler very clever listen cold water immersion has been getting a ton of buzz these last few years and for good reason if you want to try it for yourself ice barrel is the way to go we've got a great deal for you if you are ready go to icebarrel.com excellence and use the code excellence at checkout to get 150 dollars off Ice Barrel offers 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction, so all you have to lose is the feeling in your fingertips for like just a couple minutes. Again, that's icebarrel.com excellence. Make sure you use the code excellence to save 150 bucks. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you do not. It's been formulated to help everyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited to folks following a keto, low-carb, paleo, or watermelon diet. Just kidding. Don't do the watermelon diet. I start every single day with some element. My personal favorite is their citrus salt flavor, but I will happily grab whichever flavor I can get my hands on. If you watch the show on YouTube, you have likely seen that Ben and I are never far from our bottles of water. Ben's is almost always filled with element and mine is almost always filled with tequila. Just kidding, maybe. Element is used by NBA, NFL, NHL players, Olympic athletes, podcast hosts, and people just like you. Right now, you can get yourself a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single-serving packs, free with any Element order. A great way to taste all eight flavors before you empty your retirement account to fill your house with your favorite. Just head to drinkelement.com slash excellence to get the deal. Again, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash excellence. All right, we're back. This question is from Jeff. Uh, He says, and I'll try to go through this relatively quickly because it's a bit long. He says, my question centers around my need for a new workout strategy. A little background, I've loved the gym for years. I enjoy moving uh, the metal around, seeing my body get stronger and becoming more defined. A few years ago, I realized as I got older, he's 51 years old, that my routine was bodybuilder oriented versus being functionally oriented. With that realization, I decided to explore CrossFit. I found it challenging and enjoyable. Unfortunately, I hurt my lower back on multiple occasions, causing me to take extended periods of time off to recuperate. After the third such injury, I asked myself a few questions. Number one, is CrossFit a young man's sport? Number two, am I at the wrong gym? And number three, should I try to find a quote-unquote CrossFit light version? And does this even exist? Lately, I've been working out in my garage, focusing on bodyweight uh, body exercises to build my core and address the functional gaps I've developed. While I can see the benefits of this routine, I am not satisfied with the pace of improvement and uh, and where I'm going. I've lost strength, definition, and mass, which bothers me. Overall, my desire is not to get big like when I was younger, but to be more functionally fit and feel strong like I did in the past. I remember those days of hitting the gym, keeping diligent notes in my workout log, and seeing gains not only physically but on paper too. I loved it, and those feelings kept me coming back to the gym five days a week, sometimes twice a day. While I do do think I'm making progress, it is much slower than I would like and doesn't leave me feeling excited about where I'm going from a fitness standpoint. Any recommendations are greatly appreciated. So I'll let you dive into that however cool. and however you think you want to start.
0: Well, let's start with the, his kind of like three questions. Is three questions. Is it a young man sport? Yep. Is CrossFit yeah. a young man sport? Uh, yep. g- sport? Am I at the wrong am gym? Am I at the wrong gym? And, should I find uh, should I a CrossFit light version? Yeah. Okay. Uh, is it a young man sport? No. And, and in fact, uh, as we get older, the need, and you're recognizing it. Was it? What was his name?
1: Sorry. Uh, hold on. It is Jeff.
0: Jeff. So Jeff is completely recognizing this. Like the young man's thing is the ego thing of like, let's go to look good on the beach and do some bodybuilding yep. stuff. The old man's game is functionality. Like I need to be able to, you know, like Kelly start one of Kelly started some good tests for longevity is can you sit Indian style, keeping your legs crossed, stand up without losing your balance or using your hands? Like you need. Yep that level of strength, you know, that level of mobility, you need that level of functionality like to be able to live a long life. So this is a thing that the and what happens is the closer you get to crossfit from bodybuilding, the closer you get to physical therapy. It's actually like real movements. Now we're getting below parallel sitting squ- like real movements. What like we should define what function means first. Mm-hmm. So Functional movements are unique in their ability to express power, okay? What that means is you can get a lot of power out of something like a pull-up, right? It's why we do pull-ups in CrossFit because you're moving a large load, my body weight, 180 pounds, all the way from a fully extended position over my head to below my chin. That's a big thing as opposed to something like, and I can go fast too, as opposed to something like uh, a bicep curl, right? which is a bodybuilding thing. Both use your biceps, but one's going to do a, a much bigger load through a bigger range of motion and faster. And that's why we do kipping pull-ups as opposed to um, um, strict pull-ups, which is why we do strict pull-ups as opposed to bicep curls. So the better definition, though, I believe is something you see in real life. That's what... Functional actually means because when you get to that definition, like bye-bye Bosu ball stuff, bye-bye shake weight, bye-bye, you know, all these other things. And hello, sit, meaning squat. Hello, lunge, meaning walk up a hill. Hello, run. Hello, bike. Hello, pull, push, all of the – get off the ground, like throw, like kick, like those types of things are things that we actually want to be able to do. And those are things that we train in our our training program. So we we need these things as we get older. Now, here's the thing. I haven't been injured from CrossFit or doing this programming in about 10 years. Mm -hmm. When I was training without kind of the approach that I have now, In a three-year span i had a slap tear labrum surgery and a back fusion both in three-year period Mm. it was it was the same training done slightly differently okay but these slight differences over a day or a week don't make that big of a difference but these slight differences done over weeks months years or decades make huge differences so here's what we need to be able to do is understand what is it that we are shooting for and training for. And are we training to be the top performer in our gym, which then you are competing. And if you are in a competition, uh, athletic competition, injuries are part of the game. No yeah. sport, in zero sports. Are there no risk of injuries? it's going to, you're signing up for it. It's kind of like we said before, it's like you don't get one without the other, you get both sides of the coin. It'd be so nice if we did, that's not the reality. So if that's the thing that we're signing up for, we need to recognize what's the training methodology to get there and what are the things that come along with it. Now, if we're choosing not to compete, then we have to approach our training differently. Meaning, Today, I didn't get a chance to warm up with the class because I was driving up from Cape Cod to do this podcast and I hit more traffic than I thought, so I got in afterwards. My first round of this workout, we did the Cop Train Daily Workout, great workout. We did um, five three-minute rounds that started with a bike, buy-in, double-unders, and uh, max snatches the remaining time at three minutes. Take three minutes off, repeat five times. Awesome, amazing workout. Because I didn't get a chance to warm up very well, I knew that like there's the, the chance of like me even like doing the same workout as a class was gone. Like I was so I didn't want to get a chance to warm up my Achilles enough for the dump waters. So I did a ski erg instead. Instead of being able to do the prescribed 95 pounds, I did the first round with an empty barbell. <laughs> and then from there, I used the entire first round as my warm up. So I did the prescribed reps all as is. And the next round, I loaded the barbell up a little bit heavier to 75 pounds, but I never got to the 95 prescribed. And I never went to the double unders because I didn't feel like that. So it's not about the idea of like, I need to do what everyone else is exactly doing and be able to compare on the leaderboard. It's about what's right for me knowing I have a long trage- trajectory towards a very distant horizon. And because of that, once you do that and this is a rec- this is a analogy for life, the goal of today is just to get a slightly a, a, a stimulus slightly above homeostasis, create hormesis, a beneficial stress. That's actually what we're looking for is just to create some form of beneficial stressor that creates an adaptation. That adaptation is not me being first in the class. It's not even doing the workout prescribed. Forget about prescribed weights. It might not even be prescribed movements. So this is why having to talk about what I said before, butterfly, kipping, regular pull-ups, strict pull-ups, I do strict pull-ups. I've seen over the years when I do lots of kipping pull-ups, I get shoulder pain. I'm not willing to work through that shoulder pain for the end game of being comparable. My end game is shoulder health. So I choose strict pull-ups and I do 60% of the prescribed pull-ups if that's the number. If it's chest bar pull-ups, I try to keep the number closer to 80 or sometimes even the same rep scheme. And the goal changes based off of what we're chasing. So this is what we need to recognize. Jeff has to? we can do this as at any age, but it makes sense when you go like, Jeff, would you have your grandfather who is 88 years old come in and do the exact same workout that you're doing? And the answer, Jeff would, I know Jeff would say no. I would morph it a little bit for him. Well, Jeff, we got to morph it a little bit for you. Mm -hmm. You're closer to your grandfather than you are The competitor. And that's not because I don't even need to know how old Jeff is. I know that because 90% of the population that does this does not compete. Mm -hmm. They're not here to compete. Now, they might jump in the open because it's a part of the process that their gyms do. But that's not their goal. If it's not their goal, maybe they shouldn't even be doing the open. That's blasphemy in this space. We have to recognize what it is we're chasing. And you trying to snatch 135 pounds and you trying to do handstand pushers for the first time because it's programmed to the open probably isn't the right thing for your goals and your path. To the case in point, I was working out with somebody yesterday, Rick. So Rick, this is the Rick that commented for us again. He's a friend of mine that we didn't realize was one of our friends. But Rick was telling me about how he did his workout and the workout prescribed was 35 pull-ups. In the first round, he did 25 because he knew that 35 was going to be too much. Awesome. In the last round, he was planning on doing 30. But when he got to 28, he was like, that's enough. And he walked away. This might sound weird coming from a guy that's taking people to the top of the podium at the CrossFit Games. That is the right approach. These people that say never ever quit is that is not the right approach. That is for what we're trying to do, which is to chase excellence. That is not the right approach. It's not quitting, it's taking all of the data points you have to that point and making the most strategic long term decision that you have. What is the def? This is, um, Naval Ravikant's definition of wisdom: What is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to make the right decision now that has the most beneficial long-term effects. Something of that nature, paraphrased. And I love that. It's it's what is it's the ability to make the the best decisions now based off of long term. Take the right actions now for the long-term effects. That's that takes a wise person, because it's not what my peers are doing, it's not what my ego is saying, it's not what pleasure am I can get out of this moment right now. It's based off the long-term goals, long-term wants, long-term needs, long-term objective, long-term vision. What is the right decisions actions I'd be taking right now? That's what that's what being wise is. I I. We need more wisdom in our space. Okay. So that's the first one. They spent a yep. long time on that.
1: That's, that's right. Real quick. I have one question yes, about that just please. so we make sure we we hammer it. You had made the distinction that in a three-year span, you had these two or three injuries. Something changed. And in the last 10 years, you haven't had it. I know you just, you just kind of went over the whole of it. But if you have to narrow that down to like, what is the one or two things that changed from between- the three injuries and now the 10 years yep. of of injury-free. Okay. Is it ego? Is it practice? Is it like, just give me a sense of that. The first one is conceptually, which is previously
0: I was doing this to try to get onto the world-class stage. I was trying to get to the games. Like that was what I was trying to do. After that, I ha- also had those two years. I also had children It was just, That changes things. I realized I can't be out of commission for days, weeks, or months, which is what those injuries did to me. I can't do that. I shouldn't say can't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be out of commission. What I want is a constant ready state. I want to be at 90% of my peak physical capacities at all times. So if I'm going to be at peak physical capacity at all times, the number one thing I can't do is be in a hospital bed, recovering from yeah. a fusion for six days. What I can't be is on medications, not being able to sleep in a sling, not be able to use my right arm. Like if I need to do something, if God forbid, like the, the catastrophe happened, like the thing, like, whatever that the thing is right like whether it's like you're a prepper into doomsday thing or um, it's the house is burning down or my family really really needs me and I'm incapacitated. this is also why a big thing for like like we' changed my mind on drinking like mm-hmm. if my if I really need to be needed and I'm intoxicated to the point where I am no longer a viable asset to my tribe like what a, like that's terrible. That's it's the same type of thing with being injured. Like, I'm no longer useful. As a dad, that changes things. When you become a dad, this is what I didn't recognize. Like, the thing that with becoming a dad, and a parent, I'll, I'm assuming it's a parent. Your life is not no longer the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You're willing to. I, I watched this thing on Instagram the other day of it said, This is a dad. And it's like. It was this rodeo rider, the guy that rides bulls, and they let the bull go. And within two seconds, the guy just like slams his head into the, into the, the bull. He gets knocked unconscious. He flies 15 feet in the air, lands his head, and just goes like completely limp, like uh, like a, a sack of potatoes hitting the ground. The rodeo clouds come out to try to distract the, the 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 bull, which they do for upwards of maybe three to five seconds, and then the um, the bull charges back at. I'm, I'm getting like, yeah, I'm getting emotional. That's crazy. Uh, the bull charges back at the rider, and as he does so, the dad jumps over the railing. And um, basically blankets the, the the unconscious son with his body, and the bull comes in and, and spears him with his head, and nearly tramples on top of him. But it's like that's a dad. Like our jobs are to be providers and protectors. Like that's at at like. I feel that so deeply in my DNA that, that's weird, um, that I can't shake it I, can, I, I to the point where what I do in the gym, it's so unimportant what place I come in. Mm-hmm. What is so massively important is that I'm there to protect and provide for my family. It's kind of wild that a uh,
1: conversation about, you know, should I do kipping pull-ups <laughs> got to that. Well, we, we said in a recent video, the point of this, and, and it's important to remember, is that we, we are doing this, we are filling our own cup, not because we win a prize for having a full cup, but because only when our cup is full can we serve other people. Yeah. And that's it. And that starts for many of us with, can we serve our kids? So why
0: it's, you know, like everything else, it starts with why. So why do we go to the gym? Like, like, like if Jeff can ask that on a really deep level, I promise you can train this way without getting injured. But understand you have, you need, you need to understand your Why? so you can make the the wise have wisdom decisions every single day without that you're a leaf blowing in the wind and you don't have true meaning behind your actions and you end up with unintended
1: consequences Mm -hmm. all right we're gonna leave it there thank you to jeff hopefully that was helpful thank you everybody who sends us questions uh, ben and I are going to be back in just a few minutes with a new shout out and a quick chat about one of Tim Ferriss' favorite questions. So stay tuned. We'll be back to the episode in just a minute. But first, a word from one of our sponsors this week, Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to compare life insurance policies from America's top insurers quickly and easily. When we had our first son, one of the first things my wife and I did was go get life insurance. Why? because that's what grownups do. After all, life is unpredictable. And even though you may be feeling invincible right now, the truth is that anything can happen. That's why it's important to have a financial safety net in place, no matter your age. That's where Policy Genius can help. They have a modern insurance marketplace that makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top insurers in just a few clicks. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $25 a month for a million dollars of coverage. And here's the thing, getting life insurance doesn't have to be a hassle. With Policy Genius, you can get covered in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Plus, their licensed agents who work for you, not the insurance companies, are there to help you every step of the way. Policy Genius is for parents, caregivers, and anyone else who has people who depend on them. They simplify the process of getting life insurance so you can protect the people you love. There are no added fees and your personal details are private. And It's no wonder they've got thousands of five-star reviews, on Google, and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the show notes to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. All right, we are back. We've got a shout out. Shout out is when we just take a moment to read a review from Apple Podcasts, a comment on YouTube, a note that Ben and or I have received from a listener just as a way of saying thank you. This is from Rocky. He sent me this note on Instagram. I wanted to thank you and Ben uh, for the time and effort you put into Chasing Excellence. This is my favorite podcast and I've been a listener from the very first episode. I live in a foreign country where I don't have many close friends or like-minded people around me. You often say that we have the average of five people we spend the most time with. I consider you guys as two of them because listening to you is like having a weekly meeting with a mentor. Thanks to you and your podcast, I became a better dad, brother, son, and friend. I changed my lifestyle, got my ego under control. Uh, redefined my values and stopped drinking alcohol i'm now 40 years old and fitter healthier and happier and deal with obstacles better than ever in my life can't thank you enough you literally changed my life and i'm forever grateful for this thank you
0: yep that's amazing yep. that's that hit that <clears throat> all right uh, that hits especially after what we just talked about
1: enough. i know i know i agree um all right so thank you everybody there for sending us notes it does uh It does matter. Yeah. And that's like, uh, I don't
0: want that to, I I think we say that every single time. Um, But for real, like that's, uh, that matters to me a lot. Like that's.
1: Yeah. Because I think you can kind of invert what Rocky just said, which is like, you know, you guys feel like you're my friends because you and I have these conversations in a weird little bubble where you and I have had about 300 conversations about this. And it can be really easy to forget that it then beams out into the internet and that there are thousands of other people who are hearing it, thinking about it, are responding to it, are sharing it. And it's the the shout outs, honestly, they're in part so that you and I remember that we're here. Yeah, I would talk, I mean, I do, I would talk to you for an hour a week, you know, happily anytime, but it's a good reminder that we are here, that we are trying to do a service, that we are trying to deliver uh, value, that we are trying to help. And so- Reading those notes, getting those notes, uh, reminds us that we are at least on the what we hope is the right track. Love it, thank you. All right, switching gears entirely. <laughs> Question from Tim Ferriss uh, that he likes to ask. I don't think he asks it too much anymore. Maybe he kind of he kind of uh, asked it enough that he kept getting the same answers. But what purchase of hundred dollars or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months, or at least in recent memory? You go first. Let me, you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. So this this question is funny for the two of us because I think we both we don't really buy very much, very many things, and so I think that this question was uh, I've been I've been walking around all day thinking about how to answer it, and so my answer is going to be work related, and it's going to be uh, I recently, probably in the last couple months, started paying for it's uh, Notion AI. So Notion is a app that I use for everything. Uh, and they, over some number of months ago, they sort of introduced what they call Notion AI, which is just AI built into Notion. And for a while, I was like, Yeah, I don't need that. I don't want that. But on a whim, I, I just started playing with it because I wanted to start. I want to start playing with AI. I want to. I think it's important. You know, somebody who uh, I admire his name is named Scott Galloway. He says that AI is not going to come for your job, but somebody who understands AI probably will. And I think that's likely to be the case. And so if we, those of us who are trying to do things, build things maybe outside of the the common trajectory, as we've talked about, um, uh, I think in this episode, uh, I think it's it's kind of, uh, I think we're responsible for at least understanding what AI can do today and perhaps where it's going to go. And so I use Nation, Notion AI as sort of my first foray into playing with AI. And I found it so far to be super, super helpful to help organize and write first drafts and, and uh, clean up. Uh, and sort of summarize and clean things so up give and it's, an it's, example
0: what what would it what would it do so, is it like chat gpt uh, so
1: it's similar to that but notion ai is focused primarily on like writing and writers and organizing text chat gpt i think is like much broader yep um but so for an example uh i would i could i i've used it to summarize notes from a podcast uh, to write a first draft of like here's what this po- podcast episode's about so I can have like four pages of notes or questions and answers, and it can spit out like, give me three paragraphs that summarize this episode for a podcast description. And again, it can summarize, give me the three, and then you can go in and kind of fix it and clean it up. And so something that might take 45 minutes takes 15 minutes. And there's little itty bits of things like that where you can start to say, how can I truly leverage my own creativity, my own insight, my own knowledge, or how can I set myself up that that Eighty percent of my efforts are that, and not the the boring, necessary, but not particularly interesting or creative or fill in the blank. So it sort of like skips ahead some of the the dirty work and allows you to faster get to a place where you are uh, actually using your your own brain. How much does it cost? It's like ten bucks a month or something yeah. on top of Notion. So it's cool. not, it's not a lot at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's my answer. How is it?
0: So you're a good writer. Um, yep. Is it? Is it talented? Is it? Does it create good
1: stuff? The the best way I would do, I've heard describe, and this certainly is me, and I don't remember I got this, is that it's like having an intern, in the sense of you would never share what the intern did to the world, but the intern can get you something to get started with, yeah. and I think that that's been my experience as well. Is like I wouldn't say like click the button, do a thing, and then here it is, it's done. Yeah. Nowhere, may we may never get to that point, but can it get you twenty yards down the field and then you can pick it up and go in significantly less time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's my sense of AI now. That's that's where it's at. Where it's a really good, relatively cheap intern that if you can ask it to do the right things, it can it can get you moving faster than you starting from a from a dead stop every single time for everything.
0: Cool AI. I, th- it's I, would say, I would say I would say I would just say it's coming, but it's not. It's here.
1: It's here. Yeah. yeah, it's it's here. Most people haven't felt it yet. Yeah, they haven't been. They haven't recognized that it's here yet. And I think that's the next phase: is can it get to a place where my mom uses AI? And that's the true test. Yeah. And I don't know if we're five, two, five, ten it, years from now. We're that. in
0: the early nineties with email. Like it's here. Yeah. It's a thing, and you can pretend it's yep. not coming and all the rest. But like yep. it's everyone's going to be using it pretty soon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Okay. That was my
0: thing. I'm gonna be honest. I don't buy things. Like, yeah. I, that's honest. Like, you asked this question, and besides, like the the, the things I bought. Where you say? What's the time frame? Does it give a time frame?
1: Like six months or oh, six recent months? Memory. Uh,
0: yeah. So there goes. Those are not two. Those are not the same thing. Six months in recent <laughs> memory. Recent memory is like I'm like a goldfish, right? This week? No. Oh my god. <laughs> this week. It's like I don't remember. I don't remember the first yeah. things we talked about in this podcast. <laughs> and i actually think that that's like i think it's a feature not a bug i am yeah. like the past is gone and let's like what's yeah. next like it's yeah. not about like people have listened to this a lot i'm not about what the past doesn't define at all it's yeah. like you can use some data points to help refine but like i think that's like people say you're know, like i'm an optimist and like so, well I, it's because i just i don't remember any of the bad I don't, but i don't, Yeah, it, it's just like, I'm there with you. It's yeah. just, it's, we're here and now let's just, so I don't have any memory. Yeah. So you asked me what I bought. I, I can't remember anything I bought, but also I'm not a consumer. I, like Heather's like, gets the packages yeah. all the time, but I will yeah. say, here's something that it's over a um, hundred dollars. So it's a cop out. Um, but it is something that I've purchased in the last two weeks. That was a good move. And that is. I got my car detailed now pause on that for a second. So here's, but here's the, there was a decision point in this, which is I've, I've been debating about what I have, uh, my car is about six or seven years old and I know I'm due to get another car, but I was like, I'm going to wait another year before I get a new car, but I'm going to reward that decision a little bit. By getting my car detailed, and we walk into anyone's ever gotten their car detailed, it's not like getting your car cleaned. You're getting a new. It's like it's like you bought your car again new. Mm. It's a you're walking. It's a new car smell. It's a like everything like the ashtrays and the the stuff that you would never be able ashtrays. There's no such thing as ashtrays anymore. What do <laughs> I what do you, what am I trying to say there? The the cup holders. Whatever the little things, that like the the thing that holds all your miscellaneous junk drawers, yep. stu- like everything yep. is. So it did cost me like two hundred bucks, but yep. it saved me this i like tens of thousands of dollars because I'm not buying a new car. Yeah, and it was a um, thing that I would I would never normally do. I think I've owned my again I've owned my car for six or seven years, and I've only got detailed I think maybe one other time. But I, I'm really happy with that decision because now I, I've been ex- really excited to get in my car, just like I would be excited to get into a, uh, a new car. So um, I
1: like that answer. It reminds yeah. me, it reminds me of people who were like, they're like, okay, we got to sell this house, we got to move, we need something, else. we need something else, and then they'll go through the process of like cleaning the house and staging the house for open houses, yeah. and maybe even having somebody come in here. They're they're like, like our house oh, is really nice over there. Yeah, and yeah. then they'd be like, I don't want to move from this house. Yeah. It turns out it was just messy and I didn't like my furniture. <laughs> yeah. Right? So Exactly I love it. right. Yeah. Cool. All right, my man, man. That was good. I like it. Even though it was a bit of a bit of a cop up. I'll, I'll I'll give it to you this time. Uh thank you everybody there for listening. Thank you for your ratings and your reviews. If you want to get a question into a future episode, find me on Instagram. Send me a DM, PS Cummings. I'm getting it onto our list. Ben and I will be back next week for another episode of Chasing X. Ex-